We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 9th edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle, and as always, my co-host alongside me today is Jake Letarski. You can follow him at, uh, at RotoJake, at myself at JB Fantasy Sports. Obviously, we got a Monday night game that we, uh, I guess, theoretically need to discuss. I, I'm sure the officials will be discussing it way more than we will following Monday night's contest. We also have tons of waiver wire uh, pickups to possibly mention, at least from the wider receivers position. I think there's a few names to monitor as well, too. Before we do all that, though, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotoware, it's making good decisions, and even so, making, or even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotoware's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for our fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you the all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down, blackjack, slam the slots, or always try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. All right, Jake, I had talked about a little bit at the top of the show. The Steelers and Bears played a football game on Monday Night Football, and the refs also played one too. As a Packers fan, it pains me to say it, but I think the Bears got absolutely screwed throughout this entire contest, and I, for once, will be siding with Bears fans when they are fighting mm -hmm. the NFL and how bad this officiating has been throughout the entire season, certainly last night. Yeah, you took the lines right out of my mouth, Joe. I mean, normally it brings me such great pleasure to see the Bears in pain, but actually this one... I can sympathize a little bit. It was pretty bad. I mean, the, if you haven't seen the video of the ref hip checking the Bears fan, uh, the Bears player, then three point fade awaiting the flag, you know, with the with the leg kick and everything, um, it's terrible. I mean, like, is is the taunting rule how the NFL is going to fix games this year? Like, that's what I mean. Obviously, that's not the case, but that's 
watching that game is what is what uh, is what that makes you think here. So, I mean, it was a horrible game, you know, up until the very very end. In the very end, then it, the Bears suddenly made it a little close, despite the officials. Um, but it was a tough one to sit through quarter one, quarter two, because the Bears. They were lifeless for the longest time. The offense didn't have anything going. I mean, even the defense that, you know, you can normally respect wasn't, you know, wasn't, I mean, they got scored on easily early on. And then all of a sudden things started turning around a little bit. Um, maybe the, maybe the bears started to realize the cards were stacked against them and they wanted to prove any, uh, you know, everyone wrong and the fixers wrong. But um, I mean, just a dreadful, one of the worst displays of officiating that I've ever seen. And I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, it was horrific, horrendous. Um, but beyond that, Tons of fantasy stuff to talk about in this game. I mean, there are there are a whole a lot of individual players that were affected, injuries, players coming back, players leaving. Um, so I guess I got to start off first. Uh, Khalil Herbert is a complete afterthought with David Montgomery back, right. so we can we can safely bench if not cut him, and we can definitely cut Damian Williams, right? So we had that. Um, you know, number two thought. Fields looked okay at times. You know, he led that touchdown drive, the go-ahead touchdown drive to go up 27-26. If you were watching it, I forget which announcer it was. They suggested they go for two in a tie game after the penalty. That was that was laughable. But, I mean, that, that – <laughs> The Monday flew. night announcers have been so bad yeah, this entire it, season. It, but Man, that pass has been saving everybody. Yes. But that display of just obviously horrible announcing was just overshadowed by all the other chaos that was going on. So people let that one slide under the radar, I feel like. Um, but, you know, so that was hold going on. on. Just just real quick, because you were talking about the horrible announcing. I, I, I love Steve Levy. I think he's the main caller right now for Monday Night Football. But the fact that he thought the ball hit the front of the crossbar bar and bounced off on that 65-yard attempt by uh, Cario Santos at the end was an absolute joke. I'm like watching them like, no, there's literally no way that hit the front of the crossbar. That was short by at least ten yards, and he's from like, the, and it hit the from... crossbar. No, I mean that was that was embarrassing. It, it fit exactly the tone yeah. of the entire game. Well, actually, my first thought was, I, you know, maybe maybe him and I have the same vision problem or something because I actually thought for a second it hit oh, the crossbar no, too because I was sitting there, I was standing up, I was like, oh my god, it's it's heading there, it's heading there, and then I was like, it's gonna doink, it's gonna be a bear's doink, like it. You know, it would be a classic doink to end the game. But no, then I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, what did, what did I just see? What did he just see? Maybe it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, one of those when sight and sounds sync up and maybe leave like what, saying what it Like what color is the dress, blue or gray? Yeah, synesthesia. It's a word. It's a word like that. It's a big word. Um, but anyway... Yeah, no, it's like SY. Okay, maybe someone in chat can help us out. You know, we don't have a we don't have a Jamie off to the side here right. or anything, uh, giving us this uh, information here. But no, so you know, Bears fantasy stuff. I, I don't know, man. They got screwed, but still, like, how long does Nagy Alan make Robinson it through the season? If there Robinson wasn't Allen Robinson sighting briefly. You know, I, I Jeff, who does the Monday show, had a great tweet about, like, oh, this is just the next level brain where they were saving him to the absolute end when they actually needed him for this game. Um, I'm still on the cut Allen Robinson train, even if Fields is improving, but, you know, we can move on from that. The Steelers side, there's some interesting fantasy developments here because, uh, number one, Pat Fryermuth looked awesome. Yep. And uh, he's looking like he could be in tight end one territory, especially if Ebron's, not, Ebron's out. Yeah, mm -hmm. if Ebron's not playing. You know, he's missed back-to-back -back games. Now, he was actually trending in the right direction for this game, according to our last news update, but it didn't quite work out that way. And the other thing to watch is uh, Chase Claypool suffered an injury, an undisclosed injury. Pretty mysterious. We'll have to wait for the injury report this week. But 
you know, all it takes is one more pass catcher to go down there. And uh, not only does that guarantee Deontay 20 targets, but Fryermuth is going to be someone that Big Ben looks to in the red zone. Of course, everyone draws out the Heath Miller comparisons right on the telecast because that's the easy thing to do. But um, but no, he's actually looking like he could be a pretty good fantasy asset here and, and someone that, you know, might be helpful. And I think his availability fits our threshold. I had actually jotted him down or we mentioned him last week, right? Yeah. Someone that maybe, maybe could be picked up. He's only rostered in 41% of leagues. I guarantee you that got affected by first come first serve waivers from people who were watching the game last night, but uh, yeah, only 41%. So there's some availability there. We can, uh, you know, get ahead of our waiver portion there and, uh, and, you know, skip over him when we get down to tight ends. Not only are we going to get ahead of that, I actually am going to go ahead and say, I think Friar Muth is, one of the top pickups overall this week. If you haven't had waivers, go ahead or anything like that. We mentioned Logan Thomas, and I think Logan Thomas's value is is still not quite above our threshold from a tight end perspective. If you're looking for number nine or number ten, it would go Logan Thomas and then Fryer Booth for me. But I think both are near the top of the waiver wire only because mm-hmm. a we're not losing a lot of teams from the bye week perspective, at least fantasy relevant guys, and then b there wasn't a lot of running backs that jumped up into the equation this week. There's a few that we'll talk about in a little bit. But from yeah. a from a waiver wire perspective, it's much more wide receiver heavy. And I think by default, Friar Muth has looked great. Worth pointing out, he actually was still a pretty darn good fantasy asset when Ebron was healthy that week before. So it wasn't just, oh, Ebron's mm-hmm. gone, Friar Muth has emerged. Yeah. It was the week before that Friar Muth also had, I think, like a six-catch, 50-yard day or something like that. And, yeah. of course, the last two weeks he's had the two touchdowns, mm-hmm. or I guess – three over yeah so so ebron missed the last two weeks now but even then he had never gotten more than two or three targets and he hasn't scored a touchdown really so um you know ebron being out solidifies it but you're right it doesn't necessarily mean make or break start sit fryer move based on ebron so a good call there but you know i'm really curious to see what happens with this claypool thing because obviously they already lost smith schuster for the season here and uh they uh you know it doesn't look great there. I, well, you know who I jumped to right away, right? You jumped to James Washington, right? I do jump to the $210 NFFC bid James Washington that this dumbass ended up doing. And my team is Dude, still I, doing fine right now. I did the same thing in uh, in our 14-team dynasty. I bid like 330 on him right. a couple weeks ago. Because I looked at, you know, I have guys dropping like flies for IR, you know, RIP Derek Henry in that dynasty league. But uh, I looked, I was like, geez, there's there's no one available in this league. It's pretty disgusting. So Washington was the guy just in case something like this were to happen. So, yeah, maybe he merits a little sneaky ad. And I did go up and look look up Logan Thomas's. Only 53%. Right. People right. didn't listen to us last week and didn't right. pick him up last week. I guess, you know, tough roster decisions, even though there are only a couple teams on by. But only 53%. All teams, so, um, yeah. I've been I've been holding on to Thomas and Kittle in our Rotowire Invitational League. So I base and Hunter Henry, so I could start somebody. So I've been sitting there holding three tight ends for you know the last six weeks, and it's it's been painful. But I'm finally you know excited to get some of these guys back. I had so I'm I'm in 15 leagues, and I tweeted this out earlier uh, last week that Dan Arnold was starting in seven of them. I ended up moving it down, I think, to five because I got Fryermuth in two of those just off of waiver wires, and I also go. have Logan Thomas plan for a few of them i think a lot of people i mean it was tough decision the seahawks the buccaneers were two teams on by last week had a number of big guys that you were likely starting and it's just taking away some of those roster spots i think logan thomas especially now that he's i think he's turning back this week it almost seems like a certainty yeah um, we don't, i mean we don't really have do we really have anything to know that for sure though i or, thought when the injury happened it was a minimum three-week stay type of deal gotcha oh you know what you know what my brain went to my brain went to fitz magic because there's been a weird yeah. amount so t- logan thomas tested his hamstring injury on monday that's really all we have his practice window window is expected to open so you know that's good but is how tight is Logan Thomas's value to Fitzmagic? Because uh, he's the one that is the news 
you know, we it's been a couple weeks and, and he was slated for another MRI. We just haven't had Without news on him. You know? Curtis Samuel, I think by default, uh, Thomas is their second best guy and it's by pretty large, oh, yeah. uh, you know, right behind Terry McLaurin. I think Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, is a five catch 50 yard type of dude every single week. And that and that matters. I think that's going to be enough value where you should be going ahead. And there aren't enough tight ends. That are doing well. Julia in the chat's talking about uh, George Kittle. Great. He got his first touchdown catch of the year, came back fine. Yeah. But like I'm saying, like even George Kittle, like Darren Waller for many weeks hasn't been very successful. I think yeah. you Waller can got absolutely a big a bump case. in targets this week, though. He so did. I think he, he's about coming so you back. can make a, a case in rostering both Logan Thomas and Pat Fryermuth as top pickups this week on the basis of mm-hmm. many tight ends are not at the level that you'd anticipate. Travis Kelsey, I know he did, is, did against the Packers, he got a touchdown, but even he's still struggling too. You know, is it still? I mean, Kelsey has the most points of any fantasy tight end, right? Probably it's by not a, even close. Like margin after yeah, so is, is it still Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey, Kittle, Waller? Is it still those three at the top? That's their um, Kelsey, Kelsey tier of his own, then those next two. Yeah. I would put anyone else in there. Yeah, I, th- I think Waller had taken a step back for a lot of people, and Hawkinson was in that range a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, there's, uh, uh, well, also Kyle Pitts, too, right? I mean, Kyle Pitts has kind of made his emergence over the past couple weeks, and I think I'd still is- rank him fourth. I mean, the opportunity is there, but like even without Ridley last week, he didn't have the greatest fantasy game. That's that's fair enough. I want to circle back real quick to the David Montgomery yeah. news. That I mean, that was kind of crazy that we and I have Montgomery in both stake league mm-hmm. and in the NFFC, probably my two highest stakes leagues out there. And we had the news Friday that he might be back. And I kind of went on a whim and said, Okay, I'm gonna have Montgomery in my starting lineup in both of those. And it worked out that he was activated and immediately got the bulk of the workload. If Justin Fields continues to look pretty good as a quarterback i think that only benefits david montgomery right mm-hmm. or yeah so let's not get it twisted though i mean fields looked good for a couple of drives in the second half right he was still mm-hmm. his regular horrible self in the first half so you know we can't uh you know we can't i mean oh, and listen i don't want to rag on the guy too much i think he still might be long-term good right but he's going to take his lumps this year and that's fully expected and then he's going to have to learn a whole new system next year and you know that'll that'll be shaky but you know again you know that's just the organization but no montgomery is rb1 like I said off the top, cut Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, you bench in deeper leagues and you cut him in shallower leagues. I mean, there were some wildcat touches that were made things interesting where Herbert and Montgomery shared the backfield. So, you know, and that seemed to be a technique that was working for them, you know, uh, which, you, you know, you wouldn't think that necessarily with Fields being the running quarterback he is. But no, uh, Montgomery's back. He's, he seems like his regular self. He's getting the bulk of the workload there. Um, I had. Uh, so. So there's wedding, UFC, a whole bunch of things I had this weekend. And I just – And college basketball. I, yeah, and college basketball. And I started Khalil Herbert in a league, and I never went back and turned around. I didn't realize what the uh, – you know, what was going on with uh, with Montgomery. Montgomery which came Until Saturday. it was too late. Until yeah. it was too late, yeah. So, um, you know, that was a bummer. I ended up losing that matchup. But, uh, no, other than that, it's, it was actually a pretty good fantasy week. I – yeah. I mean, I'm not jinxing anything, so I'm not going to talk about my fantasy laps more. I have, of the 15 – Six that are looking really good, and that's all I'll say. And and just hopefully it, it continues on throughout. The, six mm-hmm. are looking really good, and only three are not. Uh, unfortunately, one is stakely, but that's that's fine. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's turn our attention to the quarterback position from the waiver wire perspective. I think there's a couple of different ways we can tackle this overall, but I'd rather start with the guys that seem like the top streamers. And I'll, and I'll say this yeah, really okay. because of Ben Roethlisberger, who we just saw Monday night, going against the Lions. That should theoretically be a pretty good matchup, even if we don't have Chase Claypool, even if there is some injuries that the Steelers overall are dealing with in the offensive line or whatever else. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think Najee Harris is okay, but I don't yeah. think he's good enough to really threaten them. So I think by default, Roethlisberger has to pass plenty, and yeah. that's going to have fantasy value for him moving forward. I mean, it, uh, Lions have been dreadful against running backs. I think they're uh, – let me see. I got it up here. I, I always keep this page up. I mean, they're the second-worst team against opposing running backs in standard formats. Mm. They're the uh, – I mean, I mean I could. what I'm trying to say here is that it could be a 40-point Najee Harris game. I mean, you know, this is one of the first times since earlier in the season I really watched him for an entire game, and he looks pretty good. He is uh, breaking tackles. He welcomes contact. He's awesome. So he's going to be – and he dominates the usage more than any other running back on any other team in the league. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, a top five player if you were redrafting today. I'd say that we kind of had that conversation last week. Um, Mm. But, yeah, Big Ben could absolutely get into the streaming conversation uh, this week. I mean, he didn't look – he didn't look too bad. I mean, the one knock on him is which he was continues to get reemphasized is he is not mobile at all. 
did you see when he tried to pull the zone read on third and two yeah. and then made, made that look a, a yard short, you know, like clearly. Yeah. And- I didn't think he got it, but you know, officials of that game, you know, whatever, but no, he could be streamed against a team like the lions. I don't know what kind of rest of season value there is. Um, there's one of the- is this week. I think that was, that yep. was kind of my emphasis. I think Roethlisberger is a tight end or sorry, tight end, a quarterback mm-hmm. 14 or 15 at minimum against the lions this week. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Uh, and then, yeah, the streaming situation, it uh, it gets interesting because, uh, you know, there isn't a ton right, right under our threshold. But, I mean, if you look, Matt Ryan's actually only 56%. I think you could get him against the Cowboys and do worse. I mean, again, it doesn't make our threshold, but, you know, if you're 44% of leagues he's out there, you can maybe think about it. And, uh, you know, a couple of these guys that were just over the threshold, or, I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as to stream Baker Mayfield against the Patriots, but he's only 37% rostered. And, uh, you know, that could be an okay-ish rest of season option. You know, I'm looking at his schedule after the Patriots. He's got Detroit, back-to-back Ravens. That's weird. Mm. Vegas, Packers, Steelers. So, I mean, it's it's an okay rest of season schedule. I guess we have to stream someone. But, you know, if you're streaming, you're rotating week to week. Um, Right. Yeah, I'd go – you know, for Julia's question, she just asked straight up Big Ben or Mayfield. Uh, this week it's Big Ben, rest of season. I don't even answer it. So this is what I'd say. Yeah. This I think when you are in this situation, when you're debating between Big Ben or Mayfield, it really is a week-by-week basis. So this week mm-hmm. is Big Ben. Next week, I'm not sure. It could be Jordan Love if Rodgers gets a, the worst version of COVID possible. Or, or some. I'm just like, there's different. there are going to be different quarterbacks that pop up each and every week. This week, it's Big Ben and nobody else. You could make a case, if Taysom Hill is your starting quarterback for the Saints, maybe there's that value there from the rushing perspective. But I haven't seen Sean Payton confirm whether or not Taysom Hill is your starter. And I'll tell you what, I was burned big time by that decision. And the Saints were too, thankfully. I, I know that they kind of came back in the end, uh, mm-hmm. all because Trevor Simeon, I called him Brett Ripien before, last week, all because Trevor Simeon decided to actually turn around a little bit. Taysom Hill is your better option, and it's not even close, and I don't even think Taysom Hill is that good. So if the Saints want to continue being competitive, I think Taysom Hill, your $100 million quarterback, has to be the guy, but Sean Payton mm-hmm. has not made that call just yet. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a real tough situation. You can't really trust and pick up any of those guys if you don't know who's getting the bulk of the snaps even, and if it's a two-quarterback system. So there's a lot of interesting things going on there. So outside of that, I mean, I just got a real big grab bag of hitters, and we really kind of went off on a tangent about tight ends at the beginning of the show. Want to run through the grab bag? You want me to do them quick hitter style? Yeah, and then we'll talk Jordan Love. Okay, I'll end on Jordan Love. Okay, Trevor Lawrence has a low ankle sprain, but he returned to the game and is expected to play against the Colts just in case C.J. Beathard is the backup. Sam Darnold, I believe, is getting an MRI. He might be at risk of not playing. P.J. Walker is the backup there. Zach Wilson isn't quite ready to go yet, but it looks like Mike, Mike White might be back. So that's good for uh, one of our receiver pickups later on in the show. And then I also want to maybe just note, you spec add on Trey Lance. Now, he didn't get come into the game on Sunday for his usual packages. Maybe he wasn't quite 100%, but it's not like Jimmy G looked great here. And, you know, we'll see what happens here with this uh, with this whole situation. But, you know, if you're really digging deep for a spec ad, maybe Trey Lance. So now let's touch on Jordan Love. I know, I know you've got something to say. I'll let you take, take the cake there. So Monday Night Football broadcast took a big – L throughout the game, as did the Bears and Steelers, as did the refs, right? We can mm-hmm. we can admit that the broadcast was bad. Troy Aikman took an even bigger L on Sunday. I mm-hmm. felt I was walking away from that game 
kind of positive with some of the things that Jordan Love have. And you would have thought Troy Aikman was talking about Jordan Love like he was a third-string quarterback for BYU. I mean, like that was – he was just absolutely dunking on Jordan Love left and right until the very end when I swear to God a producer came in his ear like, Troy, did, did he like do something to your family? Why are you being so mean to Jordan Love? Because mm-hmm. then he kind of like walked it back. The blitzing thing was an issue, and I, I was disappointed that Matt LaFleur and company didn't better prepare Jordan Love for that situation, especially in the second half when it felt like the Chiefs said, F it, let's just go uh, nine yeah. blitz every single time. But there were definitely positive moments, and you would never have mm-hmm. guessed that if you just listened to Troy Aikman talk about him. You know, right up until that interception at the end, Love had a better quarterback rating than Mahomes. Everybody was seeing and you would have never been able to tell that by listening to the broadcast. Also, someone should maybe remind Troy Aikman about what his stat line was. Right. in his very and first NFL for game. when he started yeah. the season two. Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, Love took a whole lot less headshots than him. So, <laughs> right. I, 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 was, I think that's starting to surface here. I don't know how long he is for this, but anyway. But, uh, but no, so I actually thought, listen, I came, you're right. I came away with a couple of reasons for optimism. Maybe it's slightly blind Packer fan optimism here. But, um, you know, I wasn't horrified by how he played by any means. And they would have been in a very good position to win that game had it not been for the horrific, horrific special teams. You know, yeah. the, uh, you know, the block kick, I mean, laces out or the, the missed kick. I mean, come on, laces out. They gave like the 13 points, at, right? Yes, the two exactly. missed goals and then the fumble at the. With, yeah, the muffed uh, kick. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and the defense and Chris Barnes played amazing in that game. The right. defense certainly played. If the defense plays like that the rest of the season and Rodgers comes back, they won't, they won't lose another game. So I'll stop you right there and I'll just say we've seen other teams do this before. And I think Andy Reid's a smart coach. I think Andy Reid correctly identified, oh, goodness, this Packers offense probably can't move the ball. Let's just not make mistakes and we can win this game. Now, Mm -hmm. should Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey be in an offense that decides, hey, let's not make mistakes and we'll win? No, but that's what the Chiefs are right now in this season. So I think if Mm -hmm. Rodgers is playing, the Chiefs might do a little bit more, uh, I guess I'll say eccentric i don't know they'll be more competitive offensively and i'm not willing to quite say this defense was insane but they Mm -hmm. played great and i thought jordan love was more than adequate and and troy aikman really didn't there are a lot of things that jordan love can work on but in his first game one that he was going to have to start within four days notice or whatever it was i was more than i I was Mm -hmm. i was happy with what happened i wasn't ecstatic and i was hoping for better but i was i was happy with what happened and you're right about Mahomes. If you're going up against Rodgers, you're going to be a whole lot more aggressive on offense. That is a great point. The one last thing, because I don't want to lean too much on the Packers side of this uh, game, is the Chiefs now, you know, they barely escaped with the win over the Giants. They barely escaped with the win over, you know, uh, a Jordan Love-led Packers team. They're about to have the rest of the season. They face the team with a winning record right now right. every single week here. So. Will a day of reckoning come for Kansas City? We will see, but they're going to have to play a whole lot better than they have the last two weeks. Real quick, uh, if Rodgers is out this week, and it sounds like he might be able to play, he's eligible to turn off the COVID list mm-hmm. Saturday. They play Sunday. I, I It sounds like, at least right now, that he will be out there to play Sunday. But let's just say he's not. Would you start Jordan Love in like a super flex or a super deep league where – uh, let's just say 20 other quarterbacks are rostered. I had to do that this past week, so I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Uh, my, my brother gave, had a dilemma this week where he's like, Mac Jones or Jordan Love? You know, it's like, ooh, boy, in a two-quarterback mm-hmm. league. You know, definitely uh, not great. The Seahawks, I noted they're, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack pass defense. They're, you know, giving up 22.1 standard points a game to opposing quarterbacks through eight weeks. That ranks them 14th out of 32 teams. So they're just very middle-of-the-pack. I don't 
I wouldn't feel excited about love, but you know, if I had to pick between love or CJ Beathard or PJ Walker, um, then yeah, I'd probably lean love. So Jared Goff against the Steelers, Trevor Lawrence, I don't even know who he plays against or uh, Jordan love. Um, I guess Lawrence, if he's healthy, right? See, I would rather go love. I mean, that the only reason I'm asking is maybe somebody else would go that direction. But again, we don't know. It depends on if Rodgers is or is not available to play, obviously. So that, yeah. that was one of those questions that I'm going to have to unfortunately make. The The easier question for those listening out there should just be, Joe, don't play in yeah. that league. And, you know, I, I am actively trying. I just hate myself enough where I can exactly. do that each and every week. Yeah. And, and for the record, Lawrence plays the Colts, who are giving up the second most points per game to opposing really? fantasy so quarterbacks. I have they, have, they have picked off opposing quarterbacks 10 times, which is uh, the second or the third, fourth most in the league. Uh, they're getting turnovers, but they've also given up 23 passing touchdowns. And, hmm. you know, part of this is they've played, they haven't had their bye week, but 23 passing touchdowns is three more than even the Washington football team. So the Colts. You know, you think of them as a pretty good defensive team. Part of it is probably them getting out ahead, using the run game, building leagues, and then giving up garbage time stuff. So that's definitely part of that narrative. But, uh, you know, the Colts surprisingly aren't uh, – well, I guess a couple – They haven't really been recently. able to – You know what, I'm thinking – Yeah, you know what, against the Jets. The Jets are too fresh in my mind. You're right, you're right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That was a bad point by me. But I'm just saying, the numbers – you know, I'm over- surprised. I'm glad you pointed that out. I would not have guessed mm-hmm. that given the reputation. I know they're missing a ton of secondary pieces. Yeah. They're starting two practice squad safeties, mm-hmm. but that's actually interesting. You're right. Maybe they're also only they're one of only six teams giving up greater than eight yards per attempt in the passing game. Wow. So uh, I, I'm surprising myself reading these numbers. Jake so coming I, heavy with just, the stats. We're, I we're, like just throw, we're throwing that out there. All right. I like it. Uh, let's let's turn our attention to the running backs. But before we do so, get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo. The new NFL season is finally here and kicking off. And Yahoo is excited to kick off Daily Fantasy Football. There will be a ton of big prized contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Daily Fantasy Football and the continuation of becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contra- contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS contest going live every week. The $1 million contest obviously features 1 million total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at the MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play Daily Fantasy on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy slash welcome to, include the, to claim the free, free $10 offer and get started. Okay, running backs. We had mentioned McNichols and Adrian Peterson last week. Obviously, Peterson scores a touchdown. McNichols doesn't have to do much because the Titans' defense wins the night game against the, the yes. Rams. We have mentioned Carlos Hyde because James Robinson might get hurt, lo and behold, or sorry, James Robinson might not play. Hyde does end up being the starter, does enough from a start-sit start perspective. But the real guys, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, we had talked about on this very broadcast, go ahead and play both because the running game from the Chargers absolutely stinks. Well, one of them worked out beautifully in Jordan Howard, not so much in Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we have to kick off our conversation there with Jordan Howard being possibly a top pickup this week. I'm curious your opinion. I have my thoughts. What's your opinion on Jordan Howard? Yeah, this is uh... – I still, I don't know. I, I've got some Jordan Howard bias from past years that I can't seem to shake. Negative necessarily. ones, right? Yeah, negative yeah. ones. So I'm not, uh, I'm not awfully excited about it. Really, you know, really, I'm not. Um, just because, you know what? What's going to happen is the Eagles are going to fall far behind this week, and suddenly it'll be a Gainwell week. You know what I mean? And who Gainwell? You know, listen, reacting to last week, he should be cut, right? But uh, I just, I don't trust 
any consistency in that backfield. It's like a Patriots backfield almost where, uh, you know, I don't like messing around in it too much. Scott and Howard are startable. Both of them are startable equally if you have to start or flex them. So, you know, you think about that. I mean, we got the Bears, Bengals, Texans, and Giants on by. Uh, so not a ton in terms of running backs. You know, you're mixing your Montgomery. If you're unfortunate enough to be ro- rostering Texans players or Devontae Booker, um, you know, I guess I don't have a ton of, you know, hard hitting analysis here. Like what was good last week was great, but I don't know if I'm ready to chase the box score is what I'm saying. I, I completely agree with you. And I think a lot of people are going to see what he did and think, oh, yep, got to go ahead and get me some more Jordan Howard. And I just want to reemphasize the Chargers defense is miserable at stopping running backs. And while it made sense to do so this past week, I don't see that scenario occur- occurring because Jordan Howard is not that good. They have the Broncos this week the Saints next week. If you're trying to capitalize on the Miles Sanders injured reserve status, those next two matchups are not great by any means. So yeah, maybe Jordan Love does get, I'm sorry, Jordan Love, boy. Uh, Jordan Howard does get 10 carries against the Broncos and Saints respectively, but I would be willing to bet that it's going to be under four yards per carry, Mm -hmm. and he might be able to score a touchdown. It's not a a given with the red zone looks he's had the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, says let somebody else overpay for Jordan Howard. I by no means want to go ahead and target him uh, for as high as he Mm -hmm. probably will be going in the waiver wires this week. Yeah, Yeah. so like you said, uh, Broncos 11th best team against the run. Saints the third best team against the run. These are standard formats here. And, you know, the the snap share was pretty much equal between Scott and Howard. I mean, Scott was actually on the field for 43%. So he was on the field mm-hmm. for more snaps despite getting seven less carries. And, uh, you know, Gainwell was the one who really hurt. And, um, I, I mean, overall, relatively close game allowed the Eagles to keep running the ball. But I don't know how many times they're going to get that game script there. So uh, I, I'm I pumping the brakes. So, you know, my, yes. Yeah. I, it, if there is anybody while well, Sanders right. is out, you're right. I think it is Boston Scott. But, I mean, listen, you'll get stuck at some point or another, and there might be situations where you pick up Howard. I'm just, you know, you got to temper expectations a little bit. There might not be a better alternative. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably I, I feel like the people picking up Jordan Howard this week are picking him up thinking, man, I'm going to get a stud starting running back for the next two weeks. And I, and I just don't think that's it. So, like, if you're mm-hmm. investing your waiver wire budget with that premise in mind – I think you're due for a letdown. That's that's my exactly. biggest concern. I think you're due yeah. for a letdown with that. It'd be one of those guys where, like, you need a guy to start and you're thinking, okay, you probably don't want to pick up Deontay Foreman. You don't want to pick up, um, I don't know, let's see, take a shot on Eno Benjamin. I mean, that's kind of the tier that we're sticking in here. You know, then, yeah, then go ahead and pick up Howard here. But uh, he, he's going to be real comparable to guys like Brandon Bolden and Devontae Freeman here who uh, are sure, right? Yeah. Um, are they going to be cheaper? Is everybody well, really that much on Howard? I, I listen. I, I, I serve all of these, and Howard always gets a mention, but he's not ranked near the top. Uh, I think the consensus is that is that it's Bolden. Okay, but I went on ESPN's uh, article this week, and Jordan Howard was like the feature player on that picture page. That was maybe maybe my one concern when it comes to that. I I'm leaning your direction, but I have a feeling the general consensus might be more in on Jordan Howard. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, let's put it this way. I'd rather pay $2 for Brandon Bolden than $12 for Jordan Howard. Can you explain the Brandon Bolden part further? Because I think for yes. listeners okay. out there, they might be like, hey, you know, this guy's third string on the Patriots. Why are we doing this to ourselves yeah. again? It's mostly if it is a PPR league, of course, that boosts it a ton here because the Patriots, uh, both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, they both left with head injuries in the fourth quarter. Now, we don't necessarily know um, – 
what the extent of those injuries are. This is again, you know, we talk about this all the time. This is one of those things where uh, um, we don't know on Tuesday. We're just not going to know here, but uh, if Stevenson and Harris have to miss time, JJ Taylor will be involved, but I think it'll be Brandon Bolden looking more like a James white role with plus carries. Uh, another matchup isn't great against the Browns here, but if you need a streamer for this week, uh, I'm going to bank five or six catches from Bolden, uh, you know, especially if you're missing some of those other guys. Okay, so Bolden's up there, and then Devonta Freeman as well, which I'm surprised despite the fact that Latavius Murray didn't play this past week. He was only at 20% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I think people were anticipating Murray comes back off the bye, didn't. And that allowed Freeman to once again have a touchdown look pretty good. I thought he was by far their best running back. Uh, and, and honestly, Julia asks Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell. And I think we kind of have to bring this up in the Devonta Freeman conversation. So I'll let you first talk about Freeman, what your thoughts were and what you saw. And then the Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell conversation next. You know, again, the Freeman thing is so dependent on Latavius Murray because Latavius Murray comes in and he cuts into that carry percentage for sure but this week and last week Freeman started both games mm -hmm. this week he dominated the snap share over twice the number at least percentage wise as Le'Veon Bell now you look at you just look at the box score like Freeman had 13 carries Bell had 11 carries okay fine Bell didn't get a single target while Freeman got three and Bell was uh, and then and Freeman was on the field for 58.2 percent of snaps compared to 23.5 percent for Le'Veon Bell I just think that uh this is Freeman's backfield if there's no Latavius Murray. Now, how do I stack that up against, uh, you know, against Adrian Peterson, who's got the number three defense against opposing running backs that has only given up uh, four rushing touchdowns the entire season that is holding teams to 2.8 yards per carry. I know that's not the greatest stat here, but um, Peterson actually, I picked him up in one league. It's a 10 team league, but Honestly, it's a streaming flex position for me, and I don't know necessarily if I'm going to use or even keep him around this week. Uh, but, you know, based on his usage, I feel like he'll break down eventually. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep him around for a couple weeks just in case. But uh, so I, I would say for sure Freeman ahead of uh, AP and, and definitely Freeman ahead of Le'Veon Bell. That's how I'd have it too. So I think Freeman, yes, if he's available – the fact that Murray isn't able to play after the bye week is concerning. However, if the Ravens foresaw this coming, they would have just put him on injured reserve, saved everyone the heartaches. My thought is Latavius Murray will be back soon, therefore mm -hmm. relegating Freeman to being more of the Le'Veon Bell role. Le'Veon Bell should be picked up in almost no circumstances unless we know that Murray's going to be out for an extended period of time. I would then rather have yeah. Adrian Peterson over Le'Veon Bell as, as by default, but like, I'll take Brandon Bolden. You had mentioned Deonta Foreman. I thought he looked pretty darn good in those five carries. And if mm -hmm. you are the Titans and think, man, why are we playing this 36-year-old running back who wasn't even good last season with the Lions when we have a guy like Foreman who had some burst, had some energy in his carries? I think by the end of the season, Foreman's the person that does more Derrick Henry stuff than Peterson. Uh, it's going to be more of just like semantics or – locker room uh, hierarchy BS that they would be having Peterson play over <laughs> Foreman. I think Foreman actually might be okay. And I would, if I'm a speculative ad type of person and having in a 14 team league, I think Foreman actually might, might be one of my pickups I'd consider for the cheap. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the, yeah, like you said, 14, 16 team leagues and you try to find someone that's going a little bit under the radar. I mean, it can't hurt. Listen, this guy was a third round pick in 2017. He's still only 25 years old. He 
suffered some major injuries, you know, starting his career off with the Texans, you know, played 10 games uh, his first season. Actually didn't look too bad. I mean, he carried the ball, what, in his rookie year, you know, he averaged 4.2 yards a carry, 10.4 yards per target. Um, You know, so there's a very small sample size, of course. Then, of course, major injury happens. He gets, then he moves to Tennessee, gets, you know, he, he plays one game in 2018, misses the entire 2019 season, goes to Tennessee and is buried after Derrick Henry. Now, I mean, it's his second year in the system. There's some upside with this player. You know, it's not a guy that you go out and spend a ton of fab money on. But if you're content to not overpay for some of the other guys we're talking about and you want to throw a $1 bid or a $0 bid just to see what happens, then go for it. Let's do the Eno Benjamin conversation, too, while we're talking about 0 to $2 bid guys. I, I hadn't even thought about when, but you were doing the breakdown and mentioned, hey, you know, the Cardinals using Chase Edmonds and James Conner quite a bit. Everyone thinks, great, James Conner going to have a pretty big bump. But hey, Eno Benjamin got a few carries after Chase Edmonds went down, and Edmonds is going to be on into reserve, it seems like, for at least the next three weeks with that high ankle sprain. So is Eno Benjamin a person that in deeper formats is going to get a decent amount of look? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're necessarily going to give Connor 30 carries in a game. And Benjamin got nine carries in this game. Granted, listen, 31-17 doesn't seem like a blowout, but it was a blowout for most right. of this game. Let's get let's get real with that. Connor played 83% of snaps through the first three quarters, according to Jerry's uh, backfield breakdown here. Uh, you know, it was 45 to Benjamin's 10. Benjamin got a little more run in the first qu- fourth quarter, but Connor took the final carries of the game when suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, they're they're getting back into this thing. So, um, again, for those who missed it, Chase Edmonds, high ankle sprain is the fear he's expected to miss multiple games. So yeah, Connor, Connor doesn't really have availability. So, you know, you can't say we can't pick him up. Uh, He's been awesome. He's going to absolutely elevate himself to RB2 or even greater status over the next few weeks. But I don't think, I don't see him getting a Najee Harris workload is what I'm saying. And someone sneaks into there and, you know, maybe it's maybe, you know, Benjamin can. So uh, I guess, I guess that's, that's what I say for that. It's again, it's a zero or $1 bid. Nothing too crazy, nothing too hype, but he's getting out there on the field. And this is a two back offense in, you know, listen, when they get back healthy is one of the better offenses, if not the best offense in the league here. Of course, you know, we were missing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner goes off for 37 fantasy points. Absolutely. It's absolutely wild. You know, you never would have gets that. I had been (laughs) funny enough in one league, I had been starting, uh, I, for the last three or four weeks because of my running back, I drafted running backs terribly in that league. I had been starting both Conner and Edmonds for like three weeks in a row, just start, you know, get the, get the backfield touch points in the best offense. And who knows, maybe I'll have to change that to Connor Benjamin. Is there anything else with the running backs that you want to talk about before we moved on to wide receivers? Um, I didn't have much. Uh, I mean, Kenyon Drake had a pretty high snap share this week and uh, Josh Jacobs, people aren't talking about it, but it looked like he got rolled up on a little bit at the end of that game. So hmm. um, I didn't actually write down his availability. I would guess it's probably right around our threshold, but uh, Kenyon Drake could be back into play. He at least based on the distribution, seems like he's kind of booted Jalen Richard to an afterthought. All right. Well, Jake, this is a live podcast, so I'm going to have to put you on the spot here. Breaking news from Adam Schefter just now. Nick Chubb and Demetrik Felton have tested positive for COVID-19. Both players are vaccinated and thus would be able to play in Sunday's game potentially, but they need two dang of tests over the 24 hours. Dearness Johnson time, right? I mean, like it, it he wasn't <laughs> in the, at least of the COVID stuff. I hate to put you on the spot, but if this is the case, and Nick Chubb and Demetri Felton both missed time, is Dearness Johnson now the top pickup overall this week? Uh, yes, yes, correct, easily. I, 
You know, I made a, a, a trade in Stake League a couple weeks ago. I basically traded two backups um, in in uh, Joe Burrow and Zach Ertz to get Van Jefferson and Dearness Johnson because it's like I wanted to back up Nick Chubb, and now I'm actually really happy about making that move. And I think Dearness Johnson is a uh, – listen, I, don't, I wouldn't say empty the rest of your fa- – a lot of people kept him because right. of Kareem Hunt still being out. So I don't even know what his uh, – I should probably look at that. Again, this is live show on the spot. We don't have producers. Um, you know, we're doing our best here. So Darius Johnson in Yahoo is only 39% rostered. He meets our threshold. So, yes, I will say top pickup for Darius this week. Um, that's definitely something that we want to, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a bid the rest of your budget on unless you're absolutely desperate, you know, and, and need to have this. Or, or Again, because Nick Chubb and Felton are vaccinated. So at the minimum, they're probably missing one, one week, game. One week. Right. One, one week, week I'm looking for. So, um so yeah, he's got to be the top guy here. I, I like what we're looking at. What's the uh, against the Patriots again. defense? I just want to reiterate Patriots that Patriots defense. Okay, that's fair enough. Patriots against opposing running backs are they're fifteenth. They're right in the middle of the pack, um, giving up eighteen point one fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, only have given up two rushing touchdowns this year, which is interesting. But you know that can be so game flow dependent. So I don't want to necessarily get, get super in on that. No, uh, Dernis is someone that uh, you start this week, you roll them out there. You don't question it. As They're- long as Nick Chubb is out. I, I don't like the Felton news doesn't really impact things, but if Nick Chubb is no. out, then Felton's more of a wide receiver, wide receiver hiding receiver, on yeah. the running back depth chart. Yep. Okay. Let's turn our attention to the wide receivers. Now that we got that breaking news out of the way, we discussed uh, Russell Gage and Tajay Sharp. Boy, that one burned me heavily uh, last week as far as top pickups with Kelvin Ridley uh, out for a period of time for whatever his uh, reasons are for that. Demonte Parker was a top pickup for us as well, too. Oops, back on injury reserve. Demonte Parker train Mm -hmm. continues on, I guess, or roller coaster, I should say, not train. Train would be great if he was just consistent. We have the roller coaster that is Demonte Parker. Brandon Ayuko. Decent enough game with Debo Samuel, uh, a little bit banged up. The 49ers struggling throughout that contest. Queez Watkins, Van Jefferson, two of their po- uh, pickups this week. Mm-hmm. I think we have to turn our attention to the yeah. Thursday night game, and it feels like we've forgotten it from so long ago. Mr. Two Touchdowns himself, Elijah Moore. If it wasn't for Dearness Johnson and it wasn't for Pat Fryermuth doing his stuff, I think Elijah Moore might be one of the top pickups this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so Alan doesn't Alan, who you see on this YouTube channel all the time, does an awesome job making our little thumbnails and everything for the show. Uh, he like before I even had woke up yesterday and thought about doing the outline, he had sent me his, the thumbnail with Elijah Moore on it, right? The top pickup, no doubt, right? And uh, with good reason here. Now, when I was making the outline yesterday afternoon, I was a little bit hesitant because we didn't know for sure what was going on with Mike White and if Josh Johnson was going to go out and start a quarterback, veteran, the ultimate journeyman, Josh Johnson. I would be, you know. Obviously, Moore's volume went down a little bit, it seemed like, if I can remember that right, after Johnson came in. But right now, it looks like Mike White is trending towards the Week 10 start. Zach Wilson is not quite ready yet, in which case, I mean, Mike White dialed in big time on Elijah Moore. Now, I made the just brilliant decision last week of ending up – I had a couple guys that were banged up, you know, whatever. I ended up starting Jamison Crowder in like three leagues or something like that. Like almost, you know, almost half There's my There's nothing leagues. wrong with that. Yeah, because, hey, listen, you know, Corey Davis was out again. Um, and, you know, Elijah Moore, rookie, hadn't gotten a ton of volume here. But uh, it's clear that Moore is White's favorite target. And presuming White starts again this week, um, Moore is the guy. However, uh, Buffalo Bills is probably – now, listen – 
Uh, it's not like the Jags did a whole lot against them last week. They lost. But, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are one of the top defenses, period, in the league. I can look at to see what they are against receivers. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they were close to number one. Oh, yep, sure enough, number one in standard scoring against opposing wide receivers. So that maybe brings a little bit of pause. But rest of season-wise, uh, Elijah Moore is a guy that, you know, maybe after this week or maybe even this week, you can stick him in there at wide receiver three and uh, feel pretty good about it, feel pretty confident. Uh, you know, the talent was obviously there for Elijah Moore. We heard about ad nauseum uh, throughout the training camp period and how Elijah Moore, and, and unfortunately for a lot of people, I think that caused him to get like the seven, eight, nine round ADP range, which he has not been able to actually fulfill from a fan's perspective. And probably the reason why we're able to talk about him on the podcast now is because so many people angrily dropped him. But here we have Mike White being a successful quarterback, which is a crazy thought process and even sentence to say right now. And I think that's helping more. So my, my question to you would be, if more, I'm sorry, if we have Zach Wilson come back, does more then become a guy that you maybe consider dropping? Corey Davis didn't play in that past Thursday game. He's questionable playing this one. Corey Davis felt like that was Zach Wilson's favorite target. Is this maybe more of a one-week pickup? Like, how should people structure this from a fab perspective? Yeah, I mean, you can't consider it a one-week pickup if it's the Bills. So, um, yeah, less than Dearness Johnson. But, um, you know, listen, it's not just – so with, with Zach Wilson, yeah, he may be like Davis a little bit better here, but Moore is a guy that I see developing and continuing to get better, right? You know, he's stuck, mm -hmm. he, he, these, it's a long season, of course, and you get these rookies adjusting to the speed of the game at, at this level. And I think he'll his second half is obviously going to look a whole lot better than his first half. So, you know, for that reason, I could see, you know, if you're going to make a $26 bid on Dearness Johnson, I would see maybe a, a $14 bid on Moore. Uh, if you want to make sure you get him, I don't, okay. know if they, I don't even know if that locks him in to be completely honest, because uh, people, I don't know, maybe people have a short memory after Thursday night, but you'll have some hype. Uh, let's talk about Donovan, people, Donovan Peoples Jones, who had already been kind of trending up in a positive direction. I wonder if this Nick Chubb news only makes uh, Peoples Jones even more valuable from a fantasy perspective. Odell Beckham, obviously gone. We don't know where he's going to be. We'll probably find out tomorrow maybe tonight after the end of the show i'm not sure when honestly they, it could be any minute now right the end, i'm not sure where the waiver wear uh machine will take us on that one but odell beckham uh possibly either picked up by somebody or or in free agency and finding a different team either way people's jones had that obviously great deep catch has been having that value more which is interesting to see and now we have a browns offense that could be missing its top overall player and nick chubb won't have kareem hunt back just this just yet and has baker mayfield who's been kind of looking people's Jones's direction more mm -hmm. as the season's progressed. Yeah. It's it's tough to look at last week's box score because no Browns player receiver got more than three targets. Actually, no, I lied. Jarvis Landry got five targets, but he did Jack with them. So uh, other than that, uh, yeah, people's Jones is tied with a bunch of guys next for three. And uh, he seems like he's a big play guy. He seems like he's an excellent athlete. Obviously, if you're, you're here at this level in the NFL, excuse me, but he is the wide receiver too um, in this offense. And, you know, Kareem Hunt's not around to suck up running back targets. I think uh, he could be very successful from a fantasy standpoint and pretty flexible moving forward. Like, flex, not flexible, bendy, flexible as in you could start him in your flex. You, you didn't need to explain that, but yes, you're right. Starting in the flex, he might also be <laughs> flexible, bendy, but we don't really know that and probably isn't worth it. Also, I'm sure, I'm sure you are if you're an NFL wide receiver, right? right? You can at right. least touch your toes here. 
I, yeah, and that's something I can tell you right now. I cannot do, and I'm not sure if you are able to. Admit oh, I can that definitely on air. do it. I can definitely. You, you do can it. touch your toes. Oh, I, I'm actually like surprisingly flexible for a big guy, but you know, maybe another reason why I can just maybe I'll show you guys my you my yoga video. So uh, we'll show my yoga videos at another at another time. There's a couple of other wide receivers. Yeah, we don't we don't really need to see that. a couple of other wide receivers yeah. that I think are all kind of in the same vein: Van Jefferson, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, Zach Pascal, Rashad Bateman. Of those you know, five, some, I like Rashad Bateman more because the upside, and obviously I think the, the rookie first round pick status factors in, maybe there's some big 10 bias mm-hmm. as well too. Having watched him do well in Minnesota, Christian Kirk has been a guy that has been actually consistently in my lineup for the NFFC and a few other leagues often. He also had that pass for 33 yards near touchdown pass uh, in that win over the Niners. I think so long as AJ green and DeAndre Hopkins is out. And I, I think Hopkins could play green might be out another week. Kirk becomes the most valuable person out of that bunch, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you sort of rank those players. Yeah, I mean, I would expect Hopkins and Green to come back in the very, very near future. It was Green COVID, right? And Hopkins was like a game-time decision, so you'd think he'd trend in right. this direction if he can get out on the practice field. So Kirk was probably a one-week, and this is in the past. But, you know, again, you monitor the situation, maybe throw a zero or $1 bid out there just in case. The guy I actually like, so I like Bateman too. I mean, he's number three in targets. Now the eight targets might be a little bit of fluky considering they were somehow behind in Minnesota for most of that game. So they really did have to pass a lot to come back and claw their way back into that game. Um, and that's not definitely not always going to be the case for Baltimore, but I now, now maybe it's some confirmation bias because I just traded for him, but Ben Jefferson, uh, the Rams are playing three wide receiver sets. So he's out there just as much, if not more than cup and woods, he's getting looks against the Titans. When they were behind, he was getting red zone looks. They were always looking at number 12. And, uh, uh, you know, it surprised me a little bit. But, you know, he wasn't able to convert any of those. But, uh, you know, Stafford's definitely looking his way uh, down in that territory. And who knows, you know, a guy like Jefferson could be one injury ahead of him on the depth chart away from uh, becoming a top 20 wide receiver. And uh, there are a lot of things I like about him rest of the season. And, you know, I wasn't huge on the Van Jefferson hype train. And I guess up to this point, you know, at the beginning of the season, and I mm-hmm. guess up to this point, that's been correct because, you know, the top two guys are the top two guys, absolutely. But um, I think he has a surprising amount of ceiling as, uh, you know, just about anybody else out there. It's interesting. So you, you bring up the ceiling part of it. Of that group, I think he's got the lowest floor, right? Russell Gage, especially with Calvin Ridley gone, I think is is safely a guy that's going to get five or six targets in an offense that's going to pass a decent amount. Zach Pascal with T.Y. Hilton not around too. Like I, you know, I, I think he has some value. You know, I think Pascal actually is a little bit lower in that sense. But the the pickup that you recommend with Jefferson is more so what could happen in the mm-hmm. events like Cooper cup or woods were getting injured as opposed to a week by week basis thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, he still had seven targets last week and you know, he only caught three for 41, but there's going to be a Van Jefferson game where he scores two or three times in the same game. And it Can could you happen start him, though. I mean, no, you can't start him. No, you can't start him. But I mean, I'm just saying that I, I like what I see out of him. He passes the eye test in every way, shape or form. And when the Rams find him behind, he's got a couple of big games here, definitely coming up over the course of the season. You're right. That might be difficult to start him, but uh, you know, with a few more weeks of buys and you need a desperate flex, maybe that lands on the same time as his big game. I'm just saying it's coming. Okay. Julie asks why I'm high on Rashad Bateman, and it's a fair question. She says that you know Baltimore's running team, Lamar's not very accurate. I think both are just not true, at least in my sense. So Lamar is actually a pretty accurate quarterback. I think he's on pace right now to have one of the best seasons of his career and certainly one of the best quarterback seasons when you factor in his rushing, but he's also passing way more. And I think the idea that Lamar is not an accurate quarterback 
was based in large part on the previous two years when he didn't have nearly as much talent at wide receiver that he currently has. Like Sammy Watkins would have been his best wide receiver over the course of his career prior, prior to the season. He's the number three guy right now behind um, Marquise Brown, who has developed, I think emerged now as a key piece. And I think Rashad Bateman is the number two wide receiver in every game that he's played thus far this season. He's gotten at least six targets, at least six targets, eight this past week as well, too. That Ravens offense is one of the best in the league, whether or not they're running the ball. And I think they are doing, they are one of the best in the league because they have Lamar Jackson now becoming a better passer. Rashad Bateman has a floor and a ceiling that I think is both good and has more potential to develop as we continue on throughout the year. Yeah, I will say a couple of updates from yesterday. Um, Hollywood Brown was uh, estimated as a limited participant Monday. He apparently came through with a back issue, so we don't know what that's going to lead to. And Sammy Watkins, same deal, limited with a thigh injury. He was actually supposed to play last week, and then it just didn't feel right in the morning, I guess. You know, I'm pulling these news updates right from the RotoWire website. So, um, you know, there's a lot, there's some variables there that if one of those, I mean, if something were to listen, if something were to happen to Hollywood and we're playing big ifs, big speculating now, sure. can't really act on that. But if Hollywood would have to miss a game, I can see double digit targets in a breakout game for Bateman. I'm with you there. But how I don't see how that's necessarily any different than the Jefferson analysis. But so Bateman's floor is is higher than Jefferson, where Jefferson gets those three for 40. Mm-hmm. I think Bateman rest of the season's a five for 60 type of guy because he gives them something offensively mm-hmm. that they need. We have Marquise Brown running yeah. in the middle, Mark Andrews in the middle. Of the, I'm sorry, Marquise Brown uh, running deep. You have mm-hmm. Bateman in the middle of the field, but can also go deep and Andrews in the middle of the field. I don't care if they run the ball 30 times when you have talent like Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews and Bateman all in the field, somebody is going to be open. And if I'm a defense, I'm going to say, Hey, let's not let the guy that can just run for 90 yards uh, on a streak, get open. And let's not have the guy that Lamar always targets first in Andrews be open by default. Bateman's the guy. And I, I think at this point, if you think Bateman's not the answer, it's because you don't believe in Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and, and right or wrong. That's the choice that you're making in that sense. Can you rank these wide receivers for, for the listeners real quick? Elijah Moore, we think is at the top. Yeah, but I'm still going Elijah Moore. Number, I'm going Elijah Moore. Number one. Um, I'll give you Bateman at number two. I will. I like, I like I like the long term upside there though I'm a little bit worried about that five for sixty be, being guaranteed when Watkins comes back, um, but you know I'll give you Bateman number two. Um, I actually have Kirk number two. That's that's so I'm I, I'm just see wondering. I'm expecting them to get healthy though so okay. yeah, I'm expecting them to get healthy so I kind of I actually put Kirk number four behind Jefferson, and then yeah that's how I'm doing it. Uh, and where does Diamond People Jones fit in with this situation with the Nick Chubb deal popping up? Five. Five. Okay. So you'd rather him over Pascal, but none of the other guys. Yeah, Gage is man. I didn't even really think about ranking these guys. They're all so close. You know, I, I can't. Don't, I, there's I, no, the there's no little bit of analysis I can rip out here and say this is going to definitely make this guy number two over this guy number four. Two through four are pretty much the same in my eyes, and it's whoever I can get for the least cost. Okay, I, that's that's key. Whoever I can get for least cost, I like quite a bit. Um, we had talked about tight ends a decent amount at the top of the show. So I guess I want to reiterate to people, here's how Jake and I are looking at Logan Thomas. If he's still available right now, is currently rostered in 53% of Yahoo leagues. Go ahead and pick up Logan Thomas first. Then I think it's Friermuth, right? Is that a fair assessment to say for you? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether or not Ebron is or is not playing Friermuth, what he's done right now over the past two or three weeks, if Claypool is out for an extended time, has now emerged as the number two tight end pickup this week. Then it's our boy, Dan Arnold. Uh, and we've mm-hmm. talked about Dan Arnold a lot. So I don't know if we need yeah. to spend. I mean, much Dan more Arnold, time there, Tyler yeah. Conklin, they're both getting right. seemingly decent target volume there. And if you follow that, they could be a streamable option here. But you definitely start with Thomas 
and uh, Fryermuth this week. Yeah, for sure. I, like I'm I'm a huge guy on Dan Arnold, and I played him in five of fifteen leagues this past week. I would not like to do that in normal circumstances, and especially with the teams that are are on by this week. You likely shouldn't be in a scenario like Arnold is right around tight end 12 through 17 for me. And I guess you can roll the dice and say, hey, this might be the week where we get another four for 30 or whatever. I don't know if we can consistently rely on Dan Arnold as a as a starter, especially in standard formats, because he's not scoring any touchdowns. So I'd rather have Fryermuth and I'd rather have Logan Thomas by a pretty yeah, large no extent. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, let's get a word from our sponsors, Thrive, before we touch on the defenses real quick. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim that free six-month Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100, 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And then you play in your first paid contest and therefore you receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So again, rotowire.com slash thrive. You then deposit $10 and receive at tops a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And you then play in a free paid contest to get that six-month free subscription to Rotowire. Okay, Defensive streamers, I think we could spend real quick amount of time because it's yeah. tough. I, I don't know if there's really a lot of options out there, and it's mainly because we have a lot of teams like the Falcons or Dolphins mm-hmm. that we'd use on by. I'm sorry, not the Falcons, Dolphins, like the Texans that we'd use on uh, to target each and every week. Yeah. Well, they're on by. Yeah, so I was surprised to see the Browns at only 50% rostered. It's not the greatest matchup against the Patriots, but that pass rush gives your defense a pretty good floor on a week-to-week basis. And the week after, they have the Lions, so that's kind of why they – they get thrown in here. Um, and then otherwise, I mean, the consensus pickup across is the Titans at 10% versus, you know, the Saints in their dual quarterback system, whatever we have going on. The Titans defense looked good last week. So they're in the mix here. I don't think you think about the Seahawks at Lambeau Field, even if it's Jordan Love. Um, they're 11%. And the Broncos are 47%, and they get the, they're at least in a home game. So a uh, handful of ones to pick up here. But I think the top two are the Browns because of the two-week uh, pickup you know, the two, the two weeks of benefits and uh, I guess the Titans just for this week against while we see what happens with the Saints offense. Okay. I, I like that quite a bit. And, you know, the Titans mm-hmm. with what they've been doing over the course of the last three or four weeks make a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. If you are under the belief that Simeon is your starting quarterback for the Saints again next week, he shouldn't be, but maybe that's the case. Uh, and then Seahawks yeah. as well too, with the, with the Roger stuff, I think it's at least worthy of considering when we really don't have a lot of other options out there. And honestly, I think this season more than past seasons, there hasn't been many defenses that have emerged on a week in and week out basis. that You can consistently start the bills mm-hmm. might've been up there. I think, um, you know, the Niners have struggled. The Ravens have struggled. It, it's not a, it's not a given each and every week. So I think these streaming defenses, it becomes harder because there's less options out there on a given basis. Yeah. Do you, okay. So we only got a couple minutes left here. Do you want to run through any of these questions at all? Yeah, there, there was a few, and we'll start at the top here. Um, we had, I was going to say, I like Robinson and Hawkinson over Patterson and Williams. Yeah, so the trade was Patterson plus Mike Williams, who has been non-existent almost in the last two or three weeks for the Chargers, for mm-hmm. James Robinson and, and TJ Hawkinson in a PPR perspective. So which one did you want to go with? Uh, I'm taking the Robinson-Hawkinson side because I rank I would rank Robinson maybe a little higher than Patterson rest of the season, and having the tight end one is most valuable. We actually forgot about Hawkinson when doing our rankings. I would actually put him as number four tight end rest of the season. 
Well, I talked about him. You just said, no, 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 Kyle Pitts is possible in there. And then I was no, like, oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I remember that, right? We might have to play that back. Roll it back. Roll, roll it back. back. Roll it back. All right. I, next I up. tend to agree with you. I think James Robinson to Hawkinson is the safer play, but you're not really selling super high on Patterson. And I think there's probably people who would offer more for Patterson if they knew he was available on waiver or, or sorry, available on trades. I guess I'd say it mm-hmm. that way. Uh, the only other question that we had. I think I'm just. I saw there was through. one uh, from Pate Godwin Pittman or CD Lamb. I mean, yeah, yeah, what yeah, a great yeah, position yeah. you're in. Yeah, right? yeah, you're and you're like Mr. Michael Pittman all the way. But yet here is CD Lamb and Chris Godwin. Who, yeah, at least from an ADP perspective, here's a good 18 eight team league. Which one do you want to start more? Yeah, Pittman against the Jags. I don't think he'll need he'll necessarily need a lot of usage. I'd actually start. I'd start Godwin. The football team is the second worst team against opposing wide receivers uh, in standard formats here. So I think Godwin is your safest bet. I'll take the floor. Yeah. And see, Pate's going to hate us because I actually like CeeDee Lamb. I think a bounce back week for the the Cowboys is going to need to include CeeDee Lamb in there. And I would rather have that opportunity for the upside, which I think Lamb possesses, whereas it could easily be a Mike Evans game or a Gronk game or a Leonard Fournette game. I think the Buccaneers, when you have this great of options, are too hard to really choose from a week-to-week basis. I know Antonio Brown probably isn't playing, which helps Godwin, but I like Lamb as the uh, upside scenario in that case. And we had the chat saying Michael Pittman. So that literally is going to help Pate zero, but that's our that's our analysis on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these kind of things are – I mean, when you have three receivers that are that good, any one of them could go off in, an, in a given week. And, you know, there's not much that us as analysts can say that'll – you know, that'll make make one option clearly stand out here. I mean, that, that is a coin toss one at best. Uh, what are we at? We had Sutton or last question, yeah, last question and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Levante Smith or Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I'm looking at these. Sutton has been non-existent since Jerry Judy came back. I mean, his, uh, his before and after, his splits with Judy in and out of the lineup are pretty um, ridiculous. And Cortland's and the Eagles are actually number four, the fourth best team against opposing wide receivers for whatever reason that is. So, uh, so, so give me, uh, give me Smith, I guess. Yeah, Devonta Smith, though I know he had this great week this past week. Also, hasn't been doing a lot. It was good to see Jalen Hurts finally target mm-hmm. his Alabama boy. But previously, one catch for 15 yards on three targets. He had a decent yeah. enough game against the Raiders, five for 61. Then we flip flopped mm-hmm. again again up against the Buccaneers, two for 31, yeah. and that was supposed to be a great matchup. I don't know. I, I think the uh, Broncos secondary is pretty good, um, mm-hmm. but I. I think by default, Smith is your best target. Um, yeah. And that's the direction I would go. I think part of that is with Rager, not at 100%. Didn't he get banged up? I thought he, he wasn't going to yeah, play he played, this week. But he was he just played, but he just, yeah. yeah, he just, uh, his, do we have snap counts? He only played 29 snaps. So definitely seemed like a pitch count situation. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, that does it for us on the RotoWire Tuesday NFL podcast. Uh, we'll be back in with the week 11. I can't believe we are able to say that. Double-digit like weeks. That's, week that's 11 waiver wire targets this next week. In the meantime, best of luck with your fantasy lineups. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.